after a long regular season and many, many slot fests behind us, we have finally reached the playoffs. We are ready for the Eastern and Western semifinals. The road to the Grey Cup has finally begun. Boys and girls, welcome to another episode of the Shups and Preds podcast. This week, because it's playoff time, we are four strong. We got myself, Matt, Tyler, and Peter. Boys, how you doing? Splendid. Thankful. It It is Thanksgiving here uh, in the United States, so it's going to be a good one. Matt and Tyler, you guys ready to roll? Yeah, let's party. Let's do it. Let's talk CFL. So, what we're doing this week, pretty much the same as usual. We're going to run a little uh, more quickly through the reviews because there were not very many games of consequences. So, we're going to kind of speed that up. The games were not good. Well, they weren't good because there was one game. It ended up being one game where people were actually playing for something. Um and unfortunately, that went the way of the team not playing for anything, and so it sacrificed another game where a team could be playing. It was very sad. But anyway, I don't care. Where It's playoff time. So we're going to rush through our reviews, kind of. We're going to talk CFL All-Star snubs, which is really, for me, just A.C. Leonard. Sorry, bud. Um, we're going to then get into the nitty gritty of the two playoff games, talk a little fantasy that's over. So we'll reveal how the final fantasy standings came out. Um, but let's just dive in because we don't want to waste any time today. So first game of week 16 was the Edmonton Elks at the Toronto Argonauts. I had said the Elks were going to win another game this season on this pod. They did just that. (laughs) They defeated the Argos 13-7. There were three quarterbacks who played in this game, one for Edmonton, two for Toronto. None of them had a higher than 50% completion percentage. None of them threw a touchdown. Uh, There were five combined interceptions. Um, Really, my only takeaways is Toronto, I think, can... Put Antonio Pipkin into some creative sets, short yardage and beyond, and that might see more of that in the playoffs. Josh Huff got his first looks uh, for the Argos, so he's ready to go. That was good. Um, let's see. Ah, uh, that's it, guys. I got nothing else. I don't even want to talk about it. Elks won. I said they would, so <laughs> they finished. As did I. That was their final final win of the season, which we'll get to later in the review process. Uh, but there's not much really to talk to here. The Argos were sitting and resting everybody. Uh, now they get, you know, uh, another week off uh, until they play in the Eastern final. Um, so let's just move on uh, to uh, the Ottawa Montreal game. Uh, well, who's reviewing that yeah, one? I am, but I do. We this will be interesting. One thing I want to say it will be interesting off season QB market because yes. it's very clear that both Ottawa and um, Edmonton are going to be looking for somebody yes. at under center. Yes, um, and. We'll, Somebody should we'll, sign Nick Arbuckle. We'll briefly mention play that <laughs> it, there makes no sense that Nick Arbuckle didn't like. I, I don't know. Like I, I think um, Dickinson said that didn't know the system. You know, just wanted to start him fresh. But like 
is is he going to do any worse than 15 for 32 and 160 yards? Like this is a guy Taylor Cornelius knows the system. So um, I can agree. Could not agree more. So I don't know. They won. They got their third win of the season. Uh, yep. All right. So yeah. As yep. far as <laughs> there's nothing more to it. <laughs> as far as the Montreal uh, Ottawa game, I thought this was going to be a slam dunk. Uh, Ottawa needs to needed to uh, win that one to Montreal needed to win. Sorry, Montreal needed to win that one to keep their you know home court advantage uh, alive potentially for the uh, first round of the playoffs. Love a home court and, and <laughs> it's very. I'm good. joking. Uh, so, but then it, it came out really sh- kind of sloppy. Both teams had trouble moving the ball in the first quarter, settling for just a field goal apiece. Um, so that I was getting a little nervous. Uh, but in the second quarter, it was like exactly what kind of we had all expected: uh, a field goal and two Jake Weineke touchdowns for the Alouettes. Um, now, after that first touchdown, uh, Willie Stanback got pulled from the game. I have not seen anywhere whether that was just a resting decision or if he got some sort of injury. Um, it was just a precaution. Yeah, uh, and so that was interesting. And then Jeshroon and we took over. Um, so the Owls took an 18-3 lead in the second half. Uh, looked like that was going to be all she wrote. However, first play, your boy, Peter Jeshroon, fumbled the ball at the Montreal 38-yard line, <laughs> which was a, a portent I, of things to come and set up an Ottawa TD and a, a two-point conversion. So now it's 18-11 Owls, and it's kind of a game. Um, it stayed that <laughs> score for uh, the next... Thirty Sometime. minutes, yeah. Sometimes um, yes. Montreal had possession on the Ottawa seventeen-yard line at the three-minute warning, and then he did it again. This this guy, I can't believe it. Jesher and we fumbled the ball. Ottawa picked it up, and then Ottawa played their best offense of the entire year. Yes, like they yes. just came out and, and scored played. nineteen and scored nineteen points. I'm <laughs> talking. Well, I'm talking specifically on oh, the God. the last yeah. drive after picking yes. up. They. <laughs> Caleb Evans, six of seven <laughs> passes, and jammed the ball in on a QB sneak. They went in two and a half minutes, marched down the length of the field, and just and then just jammed another two point conversion in. Sixteen red black points came on a Caleb Evans QB sneaks and RJ Harris conversions, and the Red Blacks won. They won, like, which is such a an own goal. For Montreal, like I, I cannot believe it. Um, yeah. I don't, but it it's is just so weird. <laughs> it is very cool. As I tweeted after the game, this is what a challenging season. Yeah, the Elks and the Red Blacks, who both had horrible seasons, but I think the Elks was just like disappointment and um, lack of focus and management kind of meddling while the red blacks was, unfortunately they just didn't have the pieces there yeah. to get it done, but gosh, dang it. They tried every week and they deserved to end on a win. So this was excellent. I agree. So, um, yeah. So T Harris, another efficient performance, uh, 20 of 26 for 259 yards, two TDs, no interceptions. Uh, Caleb Evans, less impressive, Game in the air, 18 for 29, only 173 yards, but he made his bones on the ground. 10 rushes for 56 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. And although this guy didn't make it into the end zone, uh, Timothy Flanders led the Red Blacks uh, both rushing and receiving yards. Yes, so sir. hopefully he can continue to develop in the offseason. They get, 
um, either Caleb Evans continues to develop and works on his passing game. Um, I think, you know, if, if Evans can become a more proficient passer, I mean, he's got all the hallmarks of, you know, the, the great, you know, CFL quarterbacks we've seen recently, Michael Riley, you know, Cody Fajardo, pre, yep. <laughs> pre, uh, 2021 season. Um, yeah. So, uh, even a guy like Travis Lule. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a bummer. I don't know why Montreal like didn't bring in Stanback when they had to protect the ball. I guess they thought, and they, I mean, they didn't need to think that they were in trouble, right? They were on Ottawa's 17 at the three-minute warning. It's troubling. And I don't know. It was a disappointing loss for, for Montreal, but yes. that's all I got to say. That's I, I got. I think you described it perfectly. I've got nothing else to add other than they get to play a playoff game anyway. So whatever. I guess being healthy is more important than playing at home. Yeah, I think ultimately that was the calculus. Um, okay, now I get to talk about the Elks again, and I get to keep it short and sweet again because unfortunately they got their asses handed to them by the BC Lions. Uh, the BC Lions started Nathan Rourke uh, in place of Mike Riley for this last game of their season. Who? He had a pretty impressive 23 of 34 for 359 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. John, um, you're naming nameless people. What, what was that? <laughs> who did? Who was who, Rourke, Rourke playing for? BC Lions? Oh, no, Michael did, Riley? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, Sorry, right. I didn't know who you were talking about. Right, yes. <laughs> He also added three touchdowns uh, on the ground. Uh, James Butler, who now the BC Lions love giving the ball to, uh, had 18 <laughs> carries for 100 and 109 yards. Um, the BC Lions receiving core was incredibly impressive. Dom Rimes had four catches for 103 yards. Lucky White had six for 92. Brian Burnham, four receptions for 69 yards and a touchdown. Um, it was just a great performance all around. You also had Lucky Whitehead taking a punt uh, to the house for a tutty. Um, and then you had the Elks just absolutely sucking. There's nothing <laughs> to add there. Um, unfortunately, Taylor Cornelius was 4 of 11 for 27 yards and three touchdowns. No. Uh, Dakota Prukup three, came. Th- three interceptions. Three interceptions. Sorry, I read that. I, it's right in front of me, and I still read it wrong. Um, Dakota Prukup came in. He went 17 of 24, 183, one touchdown, one interception. Um, and that's it. No real other impressive performances for many of the boys. Um, I think what you can take away from this is that this was a glimpse of what some had called the most explosive offense in the CFL. <laughs> and it reared its head again in the final week of the season, just to tease us a little what could have been what? if they hadn't have gone on, what was it, a, a six-game losing streak? <laughs> Why was Michael Riley throwing for 300 yards a game and James Butler was getting seven carries? Like, this just doesn't make sense. If he can do this, we always thought he could. If we have learned anything this season, it's that while the CFL is certainly a QB-driven league, you need to run the football to win. Yes. It is a necessity. And you know what? You know who didn't do that all year until they were like, oh, let's just hand off the ball. I almost feel like they started handing him the ball as a way to like take away hits from their quarterbacks. Something, I don't know. 
other people had talked about earlier this season as well. Well, and then, and then he also just was just... running really well, and they're like, "Oh, this actually works." Yeah, and limiting maybe uh, Nathan Rourke's passing attempts, even though he was passing well, pretty well. But it's anyway. the age-old argument, boys: Does the throw open up the run, or does the run open up the throw? <laughs> Whatever that answer is, they work in tandem. Wouldn't you agree? And NFL announcers are so uh, yeah. awful with that. They always it, whatever is not working. Well, if they just did the other thing, it would open up that. <laughs> They're just notorious it, for if the throwing. Anyway, isn't this was the big news out of this one. Is this was the final game coached by Jamie Elizondo for the Edmonton Elks? It was the final game for GM Brock Sunderland. And it was the final game for CEO Chris Preston. Uh, the Elks fired all of them quickly after uh, the ending of this game, uh, saying, bon voyage, thanks for ruining a perfectly good team. Um, <laughs> smell you later. <laughs> Basically, this was, the, uh, this was one of the biggest disaster seasons I could have ever imagined. They had the pieces there, and they just absolutely S'd the B. It was ridiculous. And so now it's the job of some poor soul to right the ship. Um, there's, you Actually, know, that's Wally Buono. Well, Wally Buono is a special advisor. He is not the man <laughs> with the job. No, I know, but so he has been tasked with writing. He has been tasked with finding the person who's going to find the people. Um, they got a lot of free agents. James Wilder Jr. is a free agent. Ellingson's a free agent. Darrell Walker, who I know he had a horrible season, but... You would think maybe if he can regain some of his former form, he's a player you want on your team. He's a free agent. Um, Quaker Boateng is a free agent. So they're going to have pieces that they're going to have to bring back or move in, as with every team. Uh, but they're going to have to do it under the weight of an absolute failure of a 2021 season. So that is the last we will have to talk about the Elks until uh, after the season. I'm glad it was a disappointment. And uh, let's move on. <laughs> Who, or does anybody have anything to say about uh, the Elks or BC's final game of the season? It's, it's, uh, it's, I think that the story of the Elks is how quickly we went from positive on this podcast about the Elks to, to negative. Uh, I think in less, less than a month, uh, we were, we, we wrote them off. It was not, it was not good. <laughs> well, it was, that was more like there had been water building up at the Losing dam. Losing to Ottawa was just right. Such a hard, the the a hard levels injury. of the dam just yes. kept increasing increasing and finally the yeah. dam gave way so it wasn't like a uh reversal it was just that that resentment had been building up and yes. they uh, they lost all of our trust and i'll forgive them but <laughs> i'm not gonna be happy about it no i wouldn't either um yeah i've got i've said my piece uh let's talk hamilton at uh or saskatchewan at hamilton tyler what do you got for us yeah, and what was uh, a very unimportant game for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, uh, they definitely showed that they were not very interested in playing. Um, the Hamilton Tiger Cats, on the other hand, <coughs> had plenty to play for. The, the main two things uh, is that before the game, they, they honored uh, Angelo Mosca, who passed away, uh, f- uh, five-time Grey Cup champion, five-time All-Star uh, by the way, I learned this week just by looking at his uh, career in the CFL. I didn't realize that the, the Ottawa Rough Riders were a thing. At, at, at one point, there was two Rough Riders in the CFL. Blue, oh, you know. boy. Don't expose yourself like yeah, that. Yeah, that's embarrassing. Don't say that out loud. Well, uh, <laughs> I did. just did. Uh, so, 
Uh, R.I.P. Angelo Mosca. But yeah, they honored him before the game. And then a uh, big game for Simone Lawrence. Uh, needed just three tackles to become the all-time leading tackler uh, for Hamilton, which he did. So Simone Lawrence now the all-time tackles leader. And he got his record setter with a, a spear 15-yard penalty. So it was a really great way to go out. So. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Not well, not fa- not factually correct, uh, but uh, yeah. Congratulations to Simone Lawrence. Um, Jeremiah Masoli looked sharp. Uh, Seventeen of twenty-one, two hundred twenty-three yards and a touchdown. Uh, Speedy B, uh, you know, got a, got a touchdown. Don Jackson looks looked really good. Uh, he ran for thirty-four yards, but also was passing the ball or catching the ball well. Four catches for for thirty-four and a touchdown. Um, yeah, it, it, this should tell you everything you need to know. Uh, Saskatchewan had one person run the ball <laughs> as opposed yes. to Hamilton who had six people run the ball. <laughs> they're getting, they're working I, I, it around. I have to, I have to ask, I, I, uh, I don't remember, who am I forgetting that was on, that was, uh, the second string quarterback for Saskatchewan most of the season is no longer there. No, Big no, guy. no. Who's that? No, no, no. Isaac Harker has always been the second string QB. Paxton Lynch. Yes. Was their third string quarterback, but he decided not to get vaccinated, so he couldn't travel. Ah, uh, good for you, Paxton. Uh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait to take a stand. Yeah, you really, sh- you really sh- stuck it to the Canadian government there. Uh, yeah. Isaac Harker was a sort of lackluster, sixteen of twenty-three accurate, but only for one hundred fifty yards, two interceptions. Mason Fine came in, was all right, threw for sixty yards on nine passes. Again, n- nothing exciting. Uh, for some reason, Keon Schaefer Baker and Shaq Evans both played in this game, and Braden Lenius. I, I, with uh, with Duke Williams being kind of banged up and and uh, Kyron Moore being on IR, I don't really understand why they were playing receivers that are going to be playing uh, in the playoffs in this game. That meant nothing. Uh, probably not. I'm glad none of them got hurt, but kind of. A, well, well, Ricardo Lewis did get but hurt. But he got, yeah, unfortunately, it, Ricardo Lewis got hurt. But it's, it's it's not clear. But it seems like that came in practice. Or practice, that, yes, okay. yes. Um, but yeah, uh, Hamilton uh, or Dane Evans also played. Looked all right, uh, but definitely looked like a man who sort of bummed that he's not the starter on this team and sort of you know. I mean, is that what happened, or did Jeremiah Masoli just play oh, way, yeah, way better than Dane absolutely? Evans? But Dane, but there was a time in the season where Dane before Dane Evans got hurt, where he was it looked like he was going to be the guy. Uh, and then, well, if he was going to be the guy, why didn't he play better? Well, because he got hurt. Listen, <laughs> enough of this BS. Here's what I got to say: <laughs> Jeremiah Masoli has consistently been put in the situations where everybody's saying, "All right, he's got to go out there, and if he doesn't play well, if he doesn't have a good first quarter, if he doesn't have a good first half, he's getting benched." And what does he do every single time? He shows out and puts together good numbers. He can play well under pressure. All these people calling for his name. I'm not calling for his name. You're not. I'm, I'm yelling at everybody else who's absolutely full of it. And is like, there, there is this idea of Dane Evans as some absolute savior. The man's one and one in playoff games. He's got, a 50, he's got a 500 playoff record. Let's not act like he's the second coming of uh, Travis Lule. All right, just to give uh, some final stats here and just on how much of a just Saskatchewan just mailed this one in. Uh, Hamilton, 27 <laughs> first down, Saskatchewan's 14. Uh, 450 total yards for Hamilton, 250 for Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs> 
Saskatchewan also this this was a this was just a slop fest of penalties. Saskatchewan had twelve penalties for hundred yards, and That's... Hamilton had ten penalties for one hundred thirty six yards. Just an absolute disaster. Uh, Hamilton had thirty five minutes of possession. Just. <laughs> It was a tough watch if you're a Scotch fan. I would. Uh, this was a turn it off at turn it off at halftime. Uh, they did save themselves the shame of being shut out uh, with Brett Lothar. Shout out Brett Lothar. Great season for him. Hit a field goal in this game to at least keep it twenty four to three. Uh, Quite good. But seriously, this was a this was a waste of a game. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it had no consequences in the end, so I, I get it. But I just wouldn't be very. I certainly didn't. I don't feel good about. I, I, I think for me, the, their backups in Saskatchewan. Yeah, this just doesn't make me feel too too good about Saskatchewan going in their playoff game. Hamilton, you know, Hamilton's also got a playoff game, but they, you know, their players are coming in looking sharp and feeling confident. Uh, so, yeah, not not too jazzed about the way this one played out. I agree. I think that's. I think that's a fair way to look at things. Yeah, I. I don't. I'm not too confident in. I'm not too confident in uh, Saskatchewan either, but we'll get to that later. Uh, In the meantime, Pete. Yes. Talk to us about the final regular season game of the year. Yes, we saw both Bo Levi and uh, Zach Caleros get the start, uh, but neither of them were really able to do anything. Uh, The passing games in this game were, uh, I would say, muted for the Bombers, Johnny Augustine. Uh, had 148 yards on 23 carries that uh, sort of carried them to a lot of their four field goals uh, by Sergio Castillo, um, which was, you know, they're, they're, that's how they got their points on the board. And Calgary didn't hit the scoreboard till the uh, fourth quarter. So this one was kind of a, a bore snore for the first couple bits. <laughs> but uh, Calgary, I mean... All hats off to him. Winnipeg built the 12-0 lead going into the fourth. Uh, Jake Meyer came came back, got uh, put some points on the board. Luther Kunavanu had a big uh, big snag for the touchdown, just pulling people into the end zone. It was a great touchdown. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, and I think uh, you know just to keep it keep it short, not too much to take for the Bombers, just because they sort of locked it up. Uh, great fight from Calgary. Um, we're able to put points on points on the board in the fourth quarter against a team that de- hates giving up points in the fourth quarter. Um, so that was good. I think uh, they have a lot of you know positive momentum going into the playoff game. Um, and yeah, I don't. I, we don't have to get too into it. Renee Paredes was uh, a lock on field goals as usual. Uh, All star. He's he's a stud, and I think uh, will play a big factor in their coming playoff games. Um, takeaways from games. I mean, an a S. 62 and a 58 yarder. Yeah, it's pretty he's good for Brady. I mean, that is just that's why he's a C- Pete. Did he's, you just like did you just did you just leak an early pred? Oh, <laughs> I, did, I haven't said anything. No, it's um, a Freudian slip, Tyler. But uh, for yeah, for Peg, uh, Zach Caleros, nothing, nothing really special. He was able to muster three points on the board for his time in the field before being replaced by Drew Brown. Um, but they were able to establish a good run game. Thought the probably thought the that was going to lead them to the victory. But uh, late surge by the by the Sorry. Calgary to to thirty seven minutes of possession. Let me get it, let me get in here also and say that if next year 
the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have Harris, Oliveira, and Augustine on their roster again, I, they should be fined by the league for hoarding assets. He, J- Augustine looked quite good out there. He's a very good he player. Oliveira also a, a national. Time. He's really good. Uh, he might be. No, that yes, I think uh, Winnipeg Winnipeg's ground game obviously was stellar. Is it, is it Brown three is not Canadian quite running the, backs. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. It's great, but not great in terms of only one can play at one time, and they should spread the love throughout the league. That's I uh, I think Drew Brown got his time to shine in this game, and I uh, I don't see him having very much other time to shine. True. So uh, good for Drew to get forty nine yards out there. But all in all, I'm I'm not putting too much stock into the late comeback by Calgary, thinking that it said anything about. The dominant Bombers, um, I think once the Bombers have all their guys out on the field, they continue to be the best team in the CFL and the team to beat heading into the playoffs. Um, that said, Calgary excited me, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Ooh, excited. <laughs> Which way? In the end, Matt and I... Matt Titillating. Said, Matt said that Calgary <laughs> would win because they had a better kicker. I said Calgary would win because they had a better backup quarterback. We both were both were right. Yeah, we were both right. <laughs> Feels good to be right. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> so, with reviews over, let's do a final look at league leaders. Um, let me pull this up real quick. We had ending the season in first in passing yards, Michael Riley, 3,283. That's what he ended on uh, after last week. Uh, but even with taking a break, he still takes the crown. Rushing yards. Our boy Willie Stanback. Might have called. Somebody somebody predated that. Somebody did. The only person over 1,000 yards this year in the CFL. He had 1,178. Receiving yards. Kenny Lawler, the only person over 1,000 receiving yards this season. That is. Uh, 1,014. Uh, you know, Brian Burnham, Eugene Lewis were hot on his trails. Uh, but unfortunately. Is that just Eugene... because it was a slot fest all season? And like we just Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It well, was just a total also. Slot uh shorter season yes only true. 13 games so as opposed to the normal uh would they play 18 usually mm-hmm. uh i yes. believe you mean didn't we have 16 games six or? it was it was 14 game season 14, yeah. I'm oh sorry 14 game season yeah um as far as some fun you know you had just looking throughout all the other league leaders to end the season caleros led in passing touchdowns the Vulture, Sean McGuire, good for you, <laughs> led the league in rushing touchdowns with eight. Um, Jake Winicky, uh, Jake Winicky led the league with eleven receiving touchdowns. Um, receptions, Brian Burnham, targets, Eugene Lewis. Um, so that's offensively, defensively. You had Darnell Sankey leading the league in tackles, AC Leonard leading the league in sacks. Um, Jeff Coat leading the league in forced fumbles, and uh, I, I'm not going to pronounce his name correctly. So Brooks from uh, Hamilton leading the league in interceptions. Crazy, how Ace, the lead. Oh, Cariel. Why? Why couldn't I not read that? Yeah, Cariel Brooks. Go ahead, Tyler. It's crazy how the lead leaguer in sacks uh, didn't get on the All Star team. Yeah, I guess I like, think CFL. They are just like bought into the idea is if you get suspended, you get no end of the year awards. <laughs> Looking back to 2019 with Harris, like, yeah, 
how like he was the MOP in my opinion from the West side and yet Fajardo got the finalist spot. And then this year, yeah, it, Leonard gets nothing. He gets, he doesn't get the defensive player of the year nod from his own team. And he doesn't even get an all-star spot. It is ridiculous. <laughs> it is pretty wild. Not, not too pleased about it, but that's okay. No. I was, uh, I was shocked that, uh, None of the BC linebackers got an all-star spot. I, I, there's just, I don't know why they don't do multiple teams. Correct. I yeah. agree with you. I mean, one running back per per division. That's that's, that's a weird one. But I'm trying to think of who, which which running back was really had an outstanding season other than these two guys. No, you're right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, standbacks the the standout. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I, I would like to be. Proven no, wrong, but I'm trying think to think like, like uh, Powell not a good season. No, I mean, I think like I think, I think James Wilder Foster, Jr. James Wilder Jr. Would no, just for sure, for sure. That's would've, that would've is been the, the one. clear second running no back yeah, for the West. Sure. Oh yeah, which reminds me, only team without an All Star, the Edmonton Elks. Ottawa has three All Stars. Crazy. Ottawa has three. Edmonton deserve has nothing. The, the, all Ottawa's all-stars no, they deserve their spot. Well, R- Richie Leone, or Leone, I guess, sorry, I'm not sure how to pronounce his name. Uh, I mean, he Leone. did have to punt a lot. That's he fair did. to him. And he's very good. Devontae Dedman, obviously oh, the yes, most yes. exciting player in the league. Is Boris Beattie like one of the best names in the entire league? It is. Yeah, so good. But That's yeah, Pete, I agree. The fact that um, Bola Combo uh, didn't get an all-star nod uh, is kind of whack. Um, yeah, I mean, even uh, even rookie Jordan Williams, I thought he had yeah. a great season. I think he could despite very well BC's win defense rookie of the being, year, though. being hot trash. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it is. Oh yeah, I guess we're t- we're 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 you know we're past the All Star snubs. We're past the reviews. We're past the league leaders. The time has come to talk about what we really came here to talk about. And that is Preds for the Eastern and Western semifinals. It's important, some are saying. It is important. We're starting Sunday, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. in the East, in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, Montreal at Hamilton. These teams only played twice throughout the regular season. Hamilton winning the first meeting, 27 to 10. Montreal winning the second meeting, 23 20. Now, I was kind of looking for an analogy, and I couldn't think of anything really useful, <laughs> but it's as if these teams have really never played before, seeing that they've never played with T. Harris at quarterback for Montreal. That's, it so seems it's a, like it, they've never played. It's John. an entirely fresh matchup when you have such a new ingredient thrown in there, like a new starting quarterback. So before we get to Preds, is there anything particular you guys are looking for and are excited for for this game? I the uh, so Hamilton wide receiver Ottawa's three wins this season were all against Trevor Harris. Wow, interesting. Seems like a low blow. Were they against Trevor I'm Harris? Or were they, were they, were they against? Were they against the team that Trevor Harris used to be? Are on? you just going to say that and then leave that out there, or do you have something to add to that? Because that now just seems really mean. Yeah, it's kind of mean. 
No, that's uh, that's important if we're talking about it a is. Trevor Harris-led <laughs> Montreal team. I'm yeah, excited I, I, to I see some commitment here. I, to Jeremiah. It's relevant. It's just have, rude. Have they, did, did Ottawa beat Eugene Lewis? No. Okay. Well, no, he didn't play, so no. Yeah. <laughs> Eugene Lewis didn't play. Um, I'm excited to see some yeah. solely commitment by the Hamilton Tiger Cats. <laughs> what if they just... Swapped him in. This is That'd be hilarious. <laughs> just, just bad, bad first drive. What if they went odd even quarters for? Uh... No, I'm now like playing this out. And what if they like go on a Grey Cup run, switching out their quarterbacks? Yeah, every quarter to see who's really going to be the one. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be great. Um, if, yeah. If Steinauer commits to the bit, like I would say, even every other drive. I promise to Pred Hamilton, just chalk the rest of the season, however long it may be. Yes. Well, I love that now, so Dane Evans is the short yardage QB now. And so when he came in against Toronto, he came in and ran a one-yard touchdown in. And the people on Reddit are like, see, Dane Evans leads to touchdowns. And it's like, <laughs> dude, are you guys serious? Jesus. He came in and took a sneak. Anyway, I'm excited. I... I agree. It is Masoli time. I would be shocked if Evans is starting, um, and I, I think we see Masoli probably play the whole game uh, in this one, apart from maybe a few special packages plays from Evans. Um, also excited on the Montreal side to see if they can execute the game plan of handing the rock to the best running back in the league, William Standback, letting him do his thing. And then Trevor Harris picking his spot for big plays down the field to Lewis, Winnicky, Bray. Um, and if they can do that, there's no reason they're not going to be in the game. So uh, I think they but Why don't have you quit beating around the bush, John, and give us your prep? Montreal has a far smaller margin for error in this game. And Braylon Addison is healthy for the <laughs> Hamilton Tiger Cats. The Hamilton Tiger Cats will be the Hamilton Tiger Cats will be victorious on Sunday. This is a an incredibly hard, um, an incredibly hard pick because both these teams can fly very high, and many times they fly far too high, too close to the sun, and they just devolve into, as I called it, Pop Warner dipshits. <laughs> Like, like they just like. How could Montreal lose against Ottawa? And maybe they just saw. They looked ahead. They read the tea leaves. They said, "Okay, Hamilton is not going to lose to Saskatchewan." And they said, "Okay, we're not going to we're not going to get a home field." So whatever. But like, I don't know. To go out like that, it just is shows a lack of heart. However. I really like Montreal's game. I think yes. Trevor Harris and the Willie Standback connection is going to take them through. And obviously with Gina Lewis back in, they've got a really, really strong receiving core. I'm saying Montreal takes this one. Okay. Tyler? Oh, okay. Preseason, <laughs> I predicted a Hamilton-Calgary final. And now that we're 14 weeks of games later, 
I don't think Calgary's going to get there, but I do believe in Hamilton in this game at home. That's the big swing for me. Hamilton at home is much better. Tim Hortons Field, baby. Tim Hortons Field, give me the Tiger Cats. Um, that's interesting. Uh, you pick the Tiger Cats because I agree with Matt, oh, and I think yes. the Alouettes no are going to get it done. <laughs> Willie Willie Stanback is a shoe in for most outstanding player. He is. What? Oh, no, he's not. Zach Galeros is going to win. Zach is going to win that award. No, not in my eyes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well. And Willie Stanback is Tyler's favorite player. Let's not forget that. <laughs> and he's he's the best player. On the field in this game, and he's not going to want to have the season he's had just to get a, you know, semifinal bounce. The East Hamilton wide receiving core is is going to be the reason they win, and that's not because Willie Stanback's going to have a bad game. This Hamilton no. wide receiving core is going to have a very good game. I think I think Montreal's Acklin, defensive line Addison, is going to get after touchdowns Masoli. again. Tim White plays really catching. well. Masoli's getting sacked no less than three times this game. I can see that happening. So I and that's I not think, a that's not a lot of sacks. It's a few sacks. Three? I can I can live with three. Um, but yeah, I think Montreal's going to get it done. It's, it's going to be a close close game, um, and then they're going to they're going to catch a lead. It's just not a very bold prediction. Well, no less, no less. So they have to have three. Imagine if oh, they just yeah, get, get two. You play an ah, ah, yes, yes, yes. Um, no prices prices. Yeah, rivals. I think if they can get a lead. Um, they can just pound, pound, pound that rock. Yes. Wear this Hamilton team out and find themselves um, in a conference championship game. So, just to give you an idea of how unbold of a prediction that is, Saskatchewan losing twenty-four to three to Hamilton still had four sacks. It's not a lot of sacks. Anyway, well, they had the leading the Peter. League what leader you said was sack. valuable, and don't let Tyler tell you otherwise. I appreciate it. <laughs> I agree. I can see a world. Uh, I. Absolutely. Moral of the world. story. I, I think see a world where Montreal controls the clock, doesn't commit any turnovers, and forces a few from Hamilton and wins the game. That is completely realistic. But I just think Hamilton, as Tyler said, I think they're going to have more explosive plays from the receiving core. From Tim White, Addison, um, Acklin, like Tyler mentioned. It is a concern, though, if they do get a lead and they're not able to find a balance with their running game. Um, I don't know if it's going to be Don Jackson, if it's going to be STE, uh, but if they're not a- able to move the chains and work that clock down, uh, you could, they could leave the door open uh, for Montreal, but I, I don't think they will. I think Hamilton... Two, two things, two things here. One, I think that if if Hamilton, who has a good secondary, yes. a very good secondary, can t- if they take Geno Lewis away, I yep. don't trust... Wynicky's did not have a good end of the season. He can be That's taken out of games. That's true. He just had a two-touchdown game. He's okay. okay. I get what you're saying. Continue. I think if you take Geno Lewis away, uh, you could really cause some problems. So to me, like it's take take away Geno Lewis and Willie Stanback. So that means doubling, setting the safety over to hang around Geno Lewis on any deep stuff and committing more people into the box. And then I think that you, you make them beat you with their other guys. Um, don't let their two best players beat you. So I think if Hamilton will know that, and that's why I trust them. Also, Pete, 
respect. You're not going to turn on Jeshurun at this point, right? Like, he's, no, absolutely like I not. Yeah. I also, I know he had a little <laughs> case of the fumbles, but Jeshurun Antwi is a good player and another good Canadian back. So yes, he is. Don't crap Watch on Watch out, court. next year's fantasy team. All is right, his guys. nickname Just Run? Because that's pretty good. Oh, just Run. Just Run. That makes sense. <laughs> okay. Now we move this long. to Calgary at Saskatchewan. They played three times this year. Calgary won two of the three meetings, but Saskatchewan won the last meeting. Matt, how do you see this one playing out? I see Calgary winning this game. I have no doubt in my mind. I love it. I see. Why? Bo Levi. Tell uh, me why. Well, I just think that Bo Levi is a better quarterback yes. than, than Cody Fajardo. Um, I think it's going to be a very interesting game on the ground. So Kadeem Carey has a, uh, I think, you know, Calgary has the better running back. Um, and running I would game say, for sure. <laughs> and I would say that the receiving cores are very evenly matched, but I might give. Calgary the nod there the Saskatchewan defense is really strong um, and so that that can cause some problems but I just see Calgary taking this one Tyler you're gonna stick up for your boys no because he knows what the score is yes this is tough (laughs) God you are you have no loyalty no, honestly, Tyler, make the right decision for you. Don't let anybody cloud your judgment. This is, this is sad. The Saskatchewan defense is really good yes, and could is. keep them in this game. And the magic of Mosaic is always present. <laughs> it's probably the best stadium in the league. I wouldn't. I can't argue that. Uh, Calgary is good. They are. They turned the corner. They started running the ball. They started running the ball more. They ended up with the, with an with an all star running back, in Kadeem Carey, who I believed in all season. Took a little while for Dickinson to get on board with it, but he eventually came around and and believed it too. All this this being said, I, I think. I think there's. I'm. I'm going to. I'm going to say this. I think there's a, a 70% chance that Calgary wins this game, but a 30% chance is, is strong enough for me to pick uh, Saskatchewan. So I'm going <laughs> yes. to Wonderful. I love that. That's commitment. Fantastic, Peter. Um, we're split well, right now. What do we? What do you got? Magic and mosaic, Pete. Don't forget it. <laughs> I have been back and forth on this game. I. I think. What I was trying to do in my mind was prove to myself there's a way that Saskatchewan can, you know, find a way to win. Um, And I think there is, man, because I think Saskatchewan's going to win. I think they're going to find themselves in a messy, messy, messy game. Uh, Bo Levi, who I I think has been very solid... um, I think he gets pressured and he's going to start throwing those willy-nilly passes that we've seen throughout the season. And uh, for a team that consistently gets it done, yeah, they Saskatchewan just wins. We don't ask why. They just do it, and it, it's it's continuous. And so I think they manage to beat the Calgary Sam Peters. Tyler, you're welcome. It's interesting you say that. 
Yeah, this... I think ba- backing home teams in the playoffs is not a bad way to go. Yeah, that's why Winnipeg won last year, winning twice on the road. Correct. Ha! Calgary is going to win this game. You bet your sweet Biffy. Calgary is going to win this game. Why? Because Cody Fajardo is not who we thought he was, sadly. He is not the world beater. Not right now. He has regressed, and I well, don't so see him being able to make the plays. does have Paxton Lynch because it is at home. True. I don't see Fajardo being able to make the plays down the field at the end of the game. To win them the game. I see big games coming from Mr. Begleton, Kamar Jordan, Herji Mayala, Kadeem Carey. The list goes on. I just think Calgary is the better, more skilled team at this point in the season. And they're going to get the job done. See, I would agree it's with all the you, sketch I would, I would totally agree with you that they are the more skilled team. It so just what, don't matter. So you're just pinning this all on the... "Quote unquote magic no, you of pin, you're pinning it. No, you're pinning. No, it I'm on, pinning it on no, the fact that they are just they just get them sloppy dubs. Yes, but you know who they've not gotten sloppy dubs against two out of three times this year? The Calgary Stampeders. In fact, the Calgary Stampeders got sloppy dubs over the Saskatchewan Roughriders. I, I think it's just clear, and I, I you guys, you. the three of you all says me. That, I'm really I'm just was the, the Sketch D line is oh going to God, feast. You guys are. They yes. Will feast. Dude, Bo Levi is gonna be is gonna be spinning and running. A wounded duck. He gets he's gonna get hurt in the in the first half. He's gonna get cracked. AC Leonard right, is going give to me right now. I will give you a score prediction for this one. Oh, special! Wait, be, can we get a Matt? Can you dub in a drum roll here? Like a yes. It is going to be Calgary twenty-seven, Scatch twenty-two. Okay, Scatch nineteen. Calgary 17. Oh, that is sloppy. It's a sloppy boy. Sketch 24, Calgary 23. Oh, that's a great print. I hope I it's could that. go for that. I want that game to happen. Uh, all right, so I'll go Calgary 26, Sketch 12. Oh, oh, hell yeah. That's awesome. All right. <laughs> So our president. Shout out Brett Lothar, though. I'm glad that you like he did. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, that's yeah. And now we wait uh, for Sunday morning. So before we sign off today, we got 10 minutes left to talk final fantasy standings. Matt, tell us how the season played out. Well, the last uh, week of the season was um, Kind of an interesting one. Usually the scores are pretty even, um, but there's a lot more variance this week. Um, so up at the top was me, 80.1 80. points, led by Trevor Harris, 19.1 uh, points. Brian Burnham also had a good game. And then BCD, I swapped out BC defense for Winnipeg, and they, uh, they had a, a good game against Edmonton. Uh, in second place was John, uh, 68.1 points. John, you were led by the Hamilton defense. Yes. With 15 points, um, but had another good game out of uh, Tim White, 14.7. And uh, and Darrell Walker actually had a uh, double-digit game, 10.3. Tyler, you came in third, 53.1 points. Uh, we had some misses here. 
This last week of the season is so stupid. I mean, I'm not going to say anything other than that. Like, having fantasy the last week of the season when none of my players are playing is stupid. So, I will say you did have Zach Caleros, who you could have played in uh, in place of Cody Fajardo. And as far as running backs go... T. Prescott, them Preds. I don't know. It's, I, I, this is. I mean, it, it, John. Uh, I, 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 John, congratulations to John. Like you well, know, hey, hey, nobody knows if I won or not, or on, if I got second. He went on a run. run. It is what it is. But like, this is to me like a little bit. You want to talk sloppy wins? Nah, this is a. Sloppy this is what happens. I said Tyler Press is going to go get married, and he's going to forget to set his lineup. I didn't forget. You his went. And got I didn't know. I, I didn't got... have time. Dude, these games are at times that I couldn't like check go go online and be like, who's starting in this game, and like check if Cody's playing or Zach's playing. Like, what time do you think these games were for me? Right, I mean, right. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's factored like, into that's factored into the going well, off to get married. That's, that's that is exactly what, what, what I am I going to do when happen. I move to Germany next year and we do this? This is going to be an m- absolute mess for me. Every time somebody gets benched, I'm going to just get zeros because I'm it's three in the morning and I'm well, asleep. Well, then I'm going to win. <laughs> <laughs> God, T press. Don't worry about it, man. For, for don't worry about it. For love, being punished for love. You <laughs> are true. <laughs> This is an this anti-love. Is po- this is an Germans. anti-love podcast. Hey, I won't so have that said about something I'm on. I guess you could have played Dom Rhymes. I did play Dom. I did don't don't Rimes. don't give him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just game. saying, like, I did play Dom Rhymes. Played Dom Rhymes and Lucky White. Oh, that's right. Anyway, keep continuing. Peter, how did Peter do? Uh, Peter did poorly. Thirty-eight point four. <laughs> so Matt, the final, the final total, standings. St- total standings. Uh, Maddie B on top for the second year in a row. Clap it uh, up. Clap, clap it up. One thousand one hundred. Matt, well, well deserved. Uh, seven. Well deserved. Matt, well your done. commitment to fantasy is impressive. Unrivaled. And inspiring. You Unrivaled. also won the NFL fantasy league we did last year. That's correct. Unrivaled. <laughs> you are kind of on a roll here. Unrivaled. And everybody was very intently paying attention to that league too. So. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he won. Uh, in second place with. 1,099.3 points, just 5.5 points above second place, or third place, rather, was John. Yes. It feels like a win. Strong. I'll really, tell you that. Really, it feels really, like a win. really gutted it out all season. Really, you know, I stayed committed. I stayed committed. Week. While others lost focus, while others mm. put other priorities above fantasy, I did not. I stayed committed, and I earned second place. And I tell you what, I could not be happier. You did, Jay. You did. Thank you. Tell us who got third. Uh, Tyler did. Uh, 1093.8. And Peter uh, was. Basement, basement boy. Centuried 717.9. Peter. Let me, let me. Terrible. Let me, Just embarrassing. Let me, no, I don't want to hear some, anything. Let me get some. <laughs> I don't want to hear Let it. me get some thoughts on Peter did have so many injuries. Let, thank you, Tyler. I. Come on. After he, the draft. I was looking at my team. And we all somebody, did. We all complimented your team. As somebody who has given up on fantasy some seasons before, I was looking at my team and I was like, you know what? This this is it. This is the squad I need to finally beat these guys in fantasy. I'm, I'm so excited. And then about three weeks later, I was sitting there with my dong in my hands just oh, like, Peter. what in the Family world Family podcast. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. So that being said, you can say next, dong. Come on. Yeah. Dong's dong's appropriate. So yeah. As, say, in terms of if major, if Braylon Addison had have played at all this season, that would have been quite an addition. 
It's okay. Hey, listen. Oh, we're, we're talking Andrew Harris out. Shaq Evans out for a long time. Braylon Addison out for a long time. Let's uh, give Pete some credit here. He's Byron Marshall hey. cut before the season started. That, that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> no that was amazing. Don't, I'll give Peter no, no credit. You guys credit don't for that one. Can I, I, I sucked ass at he this. He just did hey, it. Remember, remember the pred. Yeah, you just yeah, Peter. Like you, I don't know. I don't. I don't think you would have got. Everybody him. dumped on my fantasy team. I will say everybody dumped on mine. Well, yeah, you got third place. All right, let's back off, pal. You act like you boat raced everybody. John, John won because I went to I went to Europe for a few weeks. I mean, congratulations. Let's not let's not dance on graves here. But uh, I don't know. I'm like looking a, at the the leaderboard right here. It says you got third in the rankings of. Oh, how are you doing? Points. Let's go to Preds then. Why don't we go switch over to? We're Preds not talking about Preds. We already talked Preds for T-Press 50 minutes. T Press, you are the Pred King. I've often said that I, I you are know what, next, I want to win Preds next year. But next year, I will be putting all of my mental energy in, into fantasy. Nice. All of it. Good. <laughs> Maybe then you'll right. be top half of the table. I hate. I will have a hate-driven win in fantasy next season. <laughs> All okay. right. And I will. And I will be rude on the, every podcast about the it. Best motivator. Hate. Wow. What? I a, think you're really going to switch I, things up. I will say before we sign off. We finally got what we've been waiting for all year, which is a divided room when it comes to Preds. We're pitted against yes. each other for these games. There's things on the line. Although Tyler may or may not have locked up the Preds pool already, um, there's still uh, uh, places to be won, uh, second through fourth, possibly get out of the basement if you're me. Um, but I'm excited Hopefully for not. this weekend. If I, if I catch shots? a double basement by the end of this... I'll be a Ooh. sad man. Ooh, Ooh, that could happen. Ooh. Any parting shots, boys, before we uh, go enjoy a lovely Thanksgiving day? Go no. Stamps. Go Stamps. That's just a shot at me. That's just Can't believe I'm saying that. Can't believe I'm saying that. They're a well-coached team. <laughs> go Stamps. You abandoned them, Tyler. Do not <laughs> fall back on your Stamp <laughs> fandom. You abandoned them in their time of need. Yes. Who? When? When you we did our favorite pod. players. That's I didn't uh, I didn't abandon the team. That's a ridiculous statement. You abandoned their quarterback. A quarterback who's played two seasons for them. Relax, everybody. I love Cody like Pajardo, but he's but you, it's, you act like you act like he's been there for a decade and then I've like you know, yeah. we like, a, like a Packers act. fan shit talking Brett Favre. Like, we what simply you guys act about? like he's your favorite player because that's how you behave. For, you know what? For for a season, he was my favorite player, and then I was a Willie Standback believer, and I and I placed, I put my my energy in a Willie Standback, and he rewarded me. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you pick, Hamilton versus Montreal? Hamilton. 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 So you don't even believe in Willie Standback. <laughs> That's not true. You That's, can believe in somebody. You can, I, 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 go run the run the pod back when you listen to it. I said that Willie Stanback can have a good game, I agree, but doesn't mean I they're going to win the game. He's had good games and they've lost games too. It doesn't that doesn't mean he's going to be bad or the reason that they lose. I think that their defense will be the reason that they lose. Yeah, I agree. This is great. I'm so excited what, for the playoffs. This is a great pod. This is I'm just going to say this is a great pod. You're, you're welcome, <laughs> listeners. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. We will talk to you next week. Adieu.